I knew one day my prince would come. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The Confessions of Dorian Gray, Series 4. A toast, everyone, to Dorian Gray, the finest traveling companion a man could wish for. To Dorian Gray! There's something unusual about you. You aren't quite like the other Englishmen I've met. When you were born, there were no motor cars, televisions or aeroplanes. Thanks for reminding me. I... I wonder, sometimes, how it must feel to be you. You were running from something. Yes. What? It's difficult to explain. Ancient creatures live here, Dorian. The forest and the lake provide them with a safe habitat and everything they need to survive. It's isolated, so they keep out of the way of humanity. And humanity, generally, has no idea they're even here. Generally? It's bloody typical! We can't even go on holiday without you attracting something supernatural. Who says that thing is supernatural? Myths and legends have to start somewhere. But why us? Why is it always us? Time goes on, Dorian grows cold and hard, and one by one he turns on those who love him, until finally he destroys himself. Stop! Big Finish. We love stories. Hello and welcome to this lovely Big Finish podcast. We are back again. I am Scott Hancock, the producer and director of The Confessions of Dorian Gray, and I am joined by... Dorian Gray himself, Alexander Vlahos. Hello. Hello. What have you been up to, Alex? You've been away for a while. I have, yes. I've been in, um, I've been in Paris for the last eight months filming a new TV series called Versailles. And, What's um, it about? Um, it's about Louis XIV and about the creation of the Palace of Versailles, period drama. So yeah, no, it's been fun, and I've um, and I went on holiday for a bit, and and now I'm back here, and thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange because I remember the, the last, the last time, thing th- you would yeah the last time we saw each other in studio was about a week or two before you went off to Versailles. Yeah, no, it has. It's been it's been almost. Nine months since we did season three of Dorian Gray. The baby's here, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and now we're back doing. We've just done. This is day two. It is the end of, of day two. <laughs> seven of um, of days of that we're doing on uh, on season four. Season four. Who'd have thought it? Thank you. Big finish. <laughs> and thank you, listeners. For, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> he was busy. Speaking of which, yes, the listeners have been busy on Twitter. Ah, okay. Sending questions in. Oh, lovely. This is going to be quite quick fire, I think, because there were a lot of them. Yeah, great. Let's um, let's quick fire them, and I'll try and do. I try. I'll try not to blab. I, I'll that? cut you off if you, I think you're rambling. Just do a, a bit. Just go it. Uh, yeah, there we go. Great. Lovely. Right. The first one is from Isla Reckless. Cool. Hello. Maybe. Um, what do you prefer between recording a CD such as Dorian Gray or acting in a movie slash TV series? And I'm going to add or stage. 
Ah, um, the best thing about doing a Dorian Gray or any CD or any big finish is that I can turn up in my pajamas. No, um, yeah, no. As, as, I guess it's the I, you know, you do as much prep as you can, but um, the pressure seems to be a little bit off, and I get to have a little bit more fun, I think, while doing the Dorian stuff. So yeah. We now have one from Adam Friedman. Hello, Adam. Who asks, what has been your favourite story to record and why? There are two. Um, the first one that we ever recorded in a studio in Cardiff was This World, Our Hell. And that was the very, very first one of season one. And I think that always has a very strong, lovely memory for me because it was the first one and we had the lovely Stefan Rodri in and it kicked off the whole thing and we wouldn't be here had it not been for the success of that episode. So, and my second one was... Um, the Murder on 81st Street, um, written by David Huellen, and it's um, and it, just because of the joy of having Sarah Douglas in the studio um, and bouncing off each other and having Dorian as I have a friend in Dorothy Parker was such a change of pace at that time. And I mean, since then, we've had loads of friends come back. But yeah, they're the two that I always remember fondly. They they were a hoot in studio. Hoots. 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 Like owls. Uh, <laughs> we now have one from Dr. Ino. Maybe. I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who says, what do you think about Dorian's personality and do you feel some kind of connection with the character? Um, uh, yes, I think any character that you ever play, I think, this is just me though, um, that you have to have some sort of uh, empathy, some sort of um, connection with, or otherwise it, I don't think it would work out. And I think that I have some underlying emotion or feeling or understanding of Dorian, maybe not well, mo- hopefully, mostly not the stuff, the, si- the sinister stuff. But I guess his loneliness and I guess his, um, um, and his also his outlook on life sometimes I think kind of coincides with my own personality, I guess. Mm. Um, the next one is from Dea Solin. Hello. Um, which time period of Dorian's life do you find the most interesting? Ooh. I know that's an interesting one. So there's um, so there's two. Um, season three consisted of modern day Dorian, and I think that was really interesting to explore him as um, as he would be in twenty fourteen slash twenty fifteen. I think that's quite exp- you know as a, mm. as a time period. That's always, and I think it's also because it's so relevant to us. <clears throat> the other time period is at the very very start of his journey, while we were doing the picture of Dorian Gray, and before he was the infamous Dorian Gray before he becomes... Before he's tainted by Harry and everyone else. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really interesting time because, I mean, you touched on it in the Running Away With You episode, that young Dorian. The innocence of him. Yeah, and and I think so. the the duality of having him uh, young and fresh and um, untainted, as you said, and then the second version being that he's had so long to live and experience all these unbelievably crazy things and he's living amongst us I think they're the two dualities I think, and it's quite fun that in series 4 we're going back to stories that go right back to when he's still quite new to the whole supernatural thing yeah and, we, we hark back all the way back to the beginning and, and then flip through time and hit a decade that we haven't even touched on which I've been hoping and praying and every time we do a podcast I always <laughs> say wouldn't it be great to have Dorian in the 70s and we do that in season 4 so yay us <laughs> we did twice in series 4 too much. Yeah. <laughs> right. Caroline at Hearts in Camelot asks, would you ever do what Dorian did to stay youthful, etc.? As in would you sell your soul? soul and what would it what would it take to make you sell your soul? Well, nowadays it would be like I sell my soul on a selfie on a phone, wouldn't it? That's what it would it, it would <laughs> the Instagram yeah, Dorian Gray. I Instagram myself to stay forever young. I don't think I would. I think the idea that Dorian lives through life and sees beautiful and 
has great friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and wives um, fall away and die while he still remains is quite tragic. And I think that I would want to live a very good life and not see the people that I care about go before me and me have to live on and have to sort of restart. I think Dorian has yeah. to do a lot of restarts. And I You think have that... one life, make it count. Whoa, yeah, here we go. Oh, I'm deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's more to me than I let on. Yes. Next one? Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. I haven't had a... I haven't had a uh, yeah, so I'm quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I can do that. Um, Vanessa Griffin. Hi. Asks... So when does recording for the Confessions of Dorian Gray, the TV series, start? This seriously needs to happen. Yes, it ah! does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yes, it does seriously need to happen. And if we were going to do it, which I hope that you know there's avenues to explore, definitely we will try our utmost. But it's going—it's not going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, I think it's fair to say that if it's crossed the minds of people on Twitter. It has most certainly not passed us by now. Yes, of course. Yes, we're, um, it's 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 there. The idea is certainly there. So, and um, it's lovely that there's enthusiasm. Yeah, for of it, course, and um, and and have hope that we're even thinking and talking about it on a podcast. So, yes, well done. Um, Doctor I know again asks, "How are you seeing the perfect ending for Dorian's life?" <laughs> I thought you were just asking, "How are you?" I was <laughs> going to say, "I'm all right, actually." Um, how do I see the perfect ending to Dorian's life? Um, that he lives happily ever after with Toby, I think. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> lovely. Right. Brooke Scythe. Hi, Brooke. Again, apologies with the names. I'm blind as a bat. Um, which guest actor do you feel you've had the best connection with in terms of acting on Dorian Gray? Uh, well, I kind of just answered that a little bit with, with Sarah. Yep. Um, I do love, however, and I need to give him a mention, the brilliant Hugh Skinner. Oh, bless him. I mean, he's been the most... He's, he's the highest semi-regular part that we've had as in the most episodes he's, he's turned up more often than anyone else yes. I think he's popping by tomorrow I don't think he's needed he's just <laughs> swinging by because he heard we were back yeah no um, I, I, uh, Hugh I think I have, we have a great rapport he's one of my closest friends as well and I just think I just love having him in the studio and um, I think we both enjoy the Toby Dorian dynamic so um, so yeah no it's fun I th- um, yeah Hugh Skinner right mm. Joe at Sockenfeet asks <laughs> What has the project taught you most? Would you change anything about earlier episodes as a result? Um, no. Um, have we learned anything? Have I learned anything? Would you change anything if we went back to record that first series now in terms of your performance maybe? Oh, or? God, yeah. I mean, but that's the curse of an actor. Every time you look and listen back to, to, to anything that you've done, I think you always go, ooh, I missed something there or I could have done something different there. Um, what really happened in season two was that the shift came off Dorian's character and went towards how he dealt with other people. Mm. And by doing so in the script, it meant the pressure came off me a little bit. In season one, I did feel that there was a lot of pressure. And also there was a lot of pressure with it being a new range. I was going to say, did you, coming back for series two, having, you know... Heard the reception. Yeah, definitely. To series one, change your yeah, focus. Yeah, well, it, it, it kind of gave me a lot more confidence to know that I was doing the right thing and that I was tackling Dorian in the right way. Mm. And I think for us as well, that I think the pressure got off because we knew that there was an audience out there. Yes. In season one, I think there was. I think there's moments that you can feel that there's maybe not. I wouldn't say apprehension in my voice, but there's there's an apprehension in the performance, wondering have I taken it too far, or have we as as a team taken this series too much one way or another do you know what i mean yeah and i think that now i think we're i think we're the balls rolling i think there's a rapport there's a shorthand yeah and also, yeah. and and we and when we know that 
the audience like a certain type of story maybe that when we've tried things that have been either humorous or maybe a bit more lighthearted yeah yeah so i think we're we're all learning and i think there's there's we're going to we're channeling that into a, a hopefully another brilliant series so. right we'll move on hello <clears throat> emily hello hello asks what is the hardest part in recording were there any interesting episodes during recording was she talking about this series i think any series You've had quite a tough day today. We I can't have. really say why. Why? Um, I always ask Scott to, and the writers, I think, to push the envelope with Dorian. And then I guess when when it gets delivered, I'm always a little apprehensive and a little bit... Like you said today, you, you've been pushed out of your comfort zone. So, well, you know, you're a brilliant actor, dare I say it. I, I don't like saying it in front of you, but, uh, you know, I, I know you're capable of a lot more than just default Dorian, for want of a better term. Yeah. Um, and obviously Dorian gets to do lots of different things, but sometimes you're aware Alex as an actor doesn't get to do lots of different things. So you like to, yeah, you'd like to invite scenarios that push you because yeah. after four series, and I, welcome- I don't want you getting bored of it. <laughs> well, I don't want to be bored. And that's the thing. The joy of that is that it does get delivered and we do get to do fun and exciting things. And I get to do a different take on Dorian sometimes. But I think then I think it's usually the first couple of minutes of that new script where that is present. I get a little bit scared so i think that's probably the sort of there we go that's the answer yep right louise heifer now asks hi louise regarding your reading tastes mm-hmm. i can't say the word tastes <laughs> um what author book series or genre would you consider to be your guilty pleasure um uh, magazines i guess um i uh, doctor who magazine probably is a guilty pleasure you big fanboy i am I'm, well i'm a fanboy and i'm not afraid to admit it lovely moving swiftly on um, Claire Drake Hi, Claire. asks, has the youthful Mr. Grey ever been asked for ID or proof of age? Yes, of course I've been asked for ID. I've Do you not... still get asked for ID? When I have a shave. Uh... And today, what am I looking like, Scott? Um, <clears throat> next question. Final question. Oh, final. Final question. Can we do a little, like, drum roll? Or I'll do a drum roll. That sounds like Jaws. Okay. That sounds like Jaws as well. Just say, ask the question, Scott. It's from Jess, otherwise known as Suspect Snargles. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Suspect um, Snargles. Indeed. Who asks, what's the hardest part about acting with just your voice and sound? That you have to sort of convey imagery with your voice. You have to convey um, movement. You have to convey geography. I think you have to try and convey um, emotion that maybe you could get away with on television it being something quite visual you could you know there's this that great line of an actor said you know i i can do it in a look mm. and there's that that does not happen cannot exist in this medium and were you ever surprised when you came in to do your first big finish and and it's just you and the voices of the other actors when you heard your first big finish back oh god when i heard you... <laughs> i was apparently uh, when i did my first big finish i was uh, a natural um and then uh, here we are <laughs> <laughs> There we say nothing. Different directors, different styles. Yes, of course. Um, should we say goodbye, Scott? Well, I was going to say nope. just one last question. Yeah, sure, one um, last. Obviously, we're, we're only a couple of days into recording Series 4 yeah. and our double-length Christmas special. Whoop, whoop. What would you say the fans have to look forward to from the forthcoming series? We are blowing the bloody doors off of Series 4. <laughs> We've got um, eight amazing stories by yes. 
old writers from old and We've new writers new as well and yeah. you're not writing one so that's a, that's a that's a shame but um <laughs> but we've got a 2 hour christmas special and <laughs> and, and yep, it doesn't stop yep. there oh. and um and we've yeah i mean we've got dorian going abroad Lots of places. He travels ages yeah, away. Yeah, he's in Ireland, he's in Greece, he's in... Iceland and Stockholm. Uh, yeah, blimey, do you know, I'd forgotten this. Yeah, And uh, and we have some amazing, amazing guest stars. Um, so yeah, we've, um, it's, um, it is a feast from soup to nuts. On which note... We should say goodbye. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Say goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Scott. Bye. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall! Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The Confessions of Dorian Gray, The Spirits of Christmas. Tell me, Dorian, whatever did happen to that silly old soul of yours? Any idea? Did you ever stop to wonder what happened to it? It may have crossed my mind. Ah, so someone wants to hear a Christmas story? Would you like to come and sit on my knee? Don't push it, Santa. Very well, but I warn you, this is not a tale to warm the heart. They rarely are. This is the Brigadoon, Mr. Gray. Built 1893, frequented by the privileged and the amoral. At least until 1916, when the hotel disappeared from Disappeared? Vanished, never to be seen again, along with over a hundred of its residents. Oh, what a Christmas we had. What a Christmas we keep on having. Oh, oh, heavens, no! What's happened to the waitress? She's changing. And then some. What the hell is that thing? Would you believe an angel, Mr. Gray? Angels now? How festive. We try, but unfortunately for you, they're less halo and harp, more punishers from on high. (laughs) And now I'm going to take my leave, but soon, soon, I shall come back for you. You, special, special boy. Big finish. We love stories. Toby? Dorian? I think Santa just tried to kill me. 